Well, hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. I was talking to some students the other day and we were just talking about some things that they'd been uh, hearing about in their lectures and so forth. And they were a little bit concerned, um, I think perhaps a little bit embarrassed maybe, to admit that they didn't understand some of the things that a particular lecturer had been talking to them about. I kind of reassured them and said, well, actually, I, I've heard that lecture as well, and I didn't understand very much of it either, and kind of made them feel a little bit better. But what it also, I think, um, made me reflect on is that fact that it's perfectly okay to not understand stuff. I think so often, particularly in the world of photography, there's a certain kind of a, a perhaps a sort of snobbish hierarchy, an intellectual hierarchy, perhaps, of understanding that some people feel that they need to buy into and that if they don't buy into that, then somehow they're not taking the subject as seriously as they should or they're not as kind of as engaged a photographer as they should be. This was particularly brought to my attention recently when I saw a caption or a little bit of text that had been put towards a, a photograph by the photographer Paul Graham. Uh, Graham had uh, self-published a book, um, A1, The Great North Road, back in 1983. And uh, there's absolutely no doubt that that book had a huge influence a lot on a lot of the photographers in the UK um, after that point. And I can see in that influence of that work in photographers who are working today, not only in their aesthetic approach, but also in their choice of narrative and their way in which they approach photographing the the ignored, I suppose, the, the obvious, those little things in life which we take for granted. That's all perfectly OK. And, there's, you know, I think it would be fair to say that Graham's work also is all over Instagram at the moment. But the thing I particularly wanted to pick up on, and I should say, by the way, that that book, A1, The Great North Road, is now incredibly expensive due to its very small print run when it was initially published. But Mac Books are republishing it now at a, at a much more reduced price. But the image I saw was an image of a lady when she was wearing a blue dress, obviously in the city of London in the early 80s. And uh, there were some men with her who were wearing suits, and they also had bright blue ties. The comment was all about the fact that this photograph absolutely summed up the spirit of Thatcherism. Thatcher, a blue conservative, blue being the colour of the Tories. She was also known for wearing a certain kind of a blue-coloured dress as well. So it made me think, well... Did Graham actually um, have that in mind when he saw the wind blow these ties in the air? Did he put all of this meaning and this intensity around Thatcherism and winds of change when he took that picture? Well, I don't think he did. And that kind of reinterpretation, that applying of meaning and context on images of the past, I think kind of does a disservice to Graham's work, but also photography in general. 
It makes it feel as if photography needs this other element, whereas perhaps Graham was just exploring himself in that photograph. He was exploring photography. He was exploring capturing that moment. I really don't believe that the moment he pressed the shutter, he thought, this is going to be the ultimate reflection of what Thatcherism is. It's perfectly okay to not understand things. And I think it's perfectly okay also to just let photography be. We don't need to constantly put these interpretations on them. It's kind of interesting to me that the people who tend to write these interpretations are very rarely photographers themselves. I wonder how many of you listening to this podcast are now consumed by Zoom either in a teaching capacity in that you are a teacher and you're using it from a capacity of being a student and your lectures are now on Zoom, or just general engagement with talks and exhibitions and events and so forth. Zoom seems to have zoomed into our life and taken over. I think what I can say about it, and obviously there are lots of negatives, but there is no doubt that it does produce a certain element of concentration which when you're in a larger space, perhaps listening to a talk or a lecture, it's much easier to get distracted. So I have to say, my experience so far of so many things happening on Zoom has been overall really positive. And I do love the idea of being able to drop into talks and events and festivals. I just hope that when we do, hopefully we will, of course, return back to normal that people don't forget this form of engagement and kind of put it down as a COVID thing. I actually think it's a democratic thing. This week, we welcome to the podcast to explain to us what photography means to him, Yael Martinez. Martinez's work explores the connections between poverty, narco-traffic, organised crime and the effects they have on the communities in his native Guerrero in southern Mexico. In 2015, he was selected in the Jupe Swart Masterclass Latino America, and he received the Magnum Emergency Fund in 2016. In 2017, he was named one of the PDN's 30 new and emerging photographers. Martinez was a finalist for the uh, Eugene Smith Grant in 2015 and in 2016, And in 2019, he was named the winner of that Eugene Smith grant in humanistic photography. In 2019, he received second prize in the World Press Photo Long-Term Projects for his work, The House That Bleeds. He's also been nominated for the Foam Paul Huff Award, the Prix Protect and the ICP Infinity Award. In 2020, he was accepted as a member of the Magnum Agency. Martinez is currently based in Guerrero, in Mexico. Hello, my name is Jael Martinez. I am originally from Tasco, a small town meaning town located in the north of the state of Guerrero, Mexico. Uh, my parents are silversmith and we are a simple family that has worked hard to achieve our goals. I discovered that I want to become a photographer when I saw the work of uh, Joseph Kutelka and Eugene Smith. At that time, I was just a boy and had never held a camera before. I took my first photographs when I was 17 years old. I remember that we had a 
plastic camera that belonged to my sister and it was the only camera that we had in our family um, with those photos I tried to make a story and apply to study visual arts at a university in Mexico but I was rejected because I did not have the knowledge or skills to become an artist and I realized that we are not born with the skills but we can learn it and art can be taught after taking classes on commercial photography in technical college in Mexico I started working as an assistant to an architectural photographer for two years and in the 2006 I took my chance and tried to find a living and, and start working and with the money that I learned I was able to buy my first digital equipment my camera, my lenses and my computer after a year I returned to Mexico and started working on several personal projects uh, these projects helped me to enter into different photography programs that helped me shape and develop my work as a photographer Uh, these places were uh, Centro de la Imagen in Mexico City and La Fototeca Nacional de Pachuca. But the ones that really defined me as a photographer are the Manuel Alvarez Bravo Center and the Center of the Arts of San Agustin, both created by Francisco Toledo in Oaxaca, Mexico, considered as one of the most important artists in our country. And he is also known for his work as a social activist. He is responsible for giving an open opportunities to Mexicans to study arts regardless of their social status. Uh, thanks to these spaces in Oaxaca, I have the opportunity and privilege of having to be mentored by great names in photography such as um, Marilyn Mark, Antoine Dagata, Charles Harwood, Maya Godet, John Lifting, Gerardo Montielclin, Enec Martinez, Pablo Ortiz Monasterio. And now I have been fortunate enough to be selected as one of the nine fellows around the world to be part of the Magnum Foundation, uh, the Photography and Social Fellowship. And I have Fred Richin and Susan Magicelas as my mentors. Um, I want to talk about little about my work. My, my work focuses on communities fractured by organized crime in a physical and a psycholo psychological sense. And I am trying to create work that represents the connection between absence and presence and this state of invisibility uh, in a symbolic manner. Working with concepts like pain, emptiness, absence, and forgetting. Um, what I am is trying to to construct, you know, the symbolic construction of the territory where violence penetrates all, and this violence crosses the physical and spiritual space of those who inhabit. Uh, I want to 
talk about the territory as an analogy or to a body, a space. There can be a house, a person, a family, a community, or even a country. And also, I always try to create a world that reflects the time that we are living in and respond not only to the Mexican identity, but also the Latin American identity. And I truly believe that when photography engages with education, culture, and politics, we can create a better world with different voices and perspectives in life. And from my perspective, the world of the photographer and artist must have an impact on society and within the community. Today, more, more than ever, the photographer has to generate spaces for reflection and analysis on the issues that he or she is generating. And it is imperative to understand documentary photography from different perspectives in which uh, the main collaborators are the people who are opening their hearts and the doors of the heart to be able to work with them. And I always try to generate a memory about the social processes that they are living. Um, understanding photography and art as a vehicle for social transformation. Uh, for me, photography has been a life experience. It has given me a great sense of history that helps me to see and photograph the present that I hope will help define how my society will see the future to help deepen our foundation that can withstand any adversity. I always think that we have to look at the crisis as an opportunity to generate change. Well, um, thanks for having the time to talk with me. My name is Jael Martinez. I am a Mexican photographer. Bye-bye. Thank you, Al, for your contribution this week. Really great to have a contribution from Latin America. Uh, I've been trying um, for a number of months, if not since we started this podcast with a number of Latin American photographers, um, but at last we managed it. So that's great. Um, as I've said on previous podcasts, I quite often sit here with a pen in my hand, just making a few notes. And this time it was no different. Um, really interesting to hear the importance of education there to Yao's work and also the, the idea of learning from people but also from learning from the best not only in books but also in person also also I think really interesting to hear that perspective of coming up from a socially economically kind of uh, deprived area and being able to achieve so much by working hard Whilst we're on the subject of uh, photographers working in areas of people who are slightly disadvantaged economically, then uh, I think Jim Mortram's work perhaps is the right place to go. You may or may not be aware of Jim's work. Um, I've been aware of it, I think, for about eight or nine, maybe ten years now. And uh, Jim is a good friend. 
One of the things we've been working on over the last year is an exhibition of work entitled Helena Every Day is a Morning After. We were working on that as part of Photo Oxford 2020, and it was going to be, a, I suppose, a multidisciplinary kind of exhibition of photographic stills, film, artefacts and so forth. Unfortunately, due to COVID, we've been unable to create the physical experience. But what Jim has done is create a short eight-minute film, which includes testimony direct from Helena and also um, stills created by Jim over the last 10 years that he's been working with Helena on telling her story. So that film is going to go live uh, 16th of October to the 16th of November, and that will hopefully be on the Glass Tank uh, website, which is part of Oxford Brooks University, where I'm head of photography. So it's an, a nice collaboration there between the University Oxford Brooks, uh, the Glass Tank, which is the gallery space within the university, and also Photo Oxford and Jim. Real great coming together. It may also be on the uh, United Nations of website, uh, United Nations of Photography, I should say, website. So look out for that. And if you're not aware of Jim's work, make sure you do check it out. Smalltowninertia.co.uk is the place to go to there. So a, a kind of a, a episode, I suppose, podcast full of. Um, quite serious subject matter I think this week but uh, maybe that's a reflection of the times I'm not sure what I do know is that photography is really important in these times and we had two photographers Jim and Yo uh, talking about this week who really are dealing with those subjects at the uh, the raw in the rawest sense I suppose also, just one quick reflection. Great there to hear Yao talking about his work rather than some curator talking about it. But maybe, maybe that's just a personal thing. Uh, I'd always more interested in hearing what Bob Dylan says about his music, although he never does, than a million and one other people telling me what they think. I like to get to the maker and to the creator and hear from the source. And maybe that's something as photographers we need to focus on, making sure we head to the source to get the true story and the real story, whatever true may be and whatever real may be. But maybe that's for another podcast. Anyway, we're coming to the end of our time this week. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast this week. I hope you enjoy it every week. If you do, let me know. Please post a rating wherever you listen to it or write a little review. But always, as always, please, just take care. Mm-hmm.